What's good, football fans? Back at you once again with another podcast. And I just wanted to start off by saying, I, for one, am counting down the days until NFL free agency opens up this year. Until we take care of our quarterback issues, I can't help but feel really anxious um, when I'm looking over the possible outcomes there could be at that spot. You know, but the one that really scares me is the idea of trading anything for Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't view that as a viable option for us. But at any rate, first thing I wanted to talk about was draft guru Todd McShay. And of course, his mock drafts that he comes up with that lead up to the draft itself. Uh, He believes Washington will be the first team to take a quarterback in the first round in this upcoming draft with the 11th pick. Now, if they do, it'll mark the first time since 2013 that a quarterback wasn't taken in the top 10. I really believe that this pick will be in question for Washington all the way up until after free agency is over and, you know, all of that has kind of died off because everybody pretty much knows by now that the football team is actively trying to acquire a signal caller as we speak right now, as I sit here and talk to you. And if they don't get one via trade, they'll probably look, you know, to chase a few different guys in free agency. Now, I'm planning to go over all of the quarterbacks on the list that I've composed soon, very soon, in a podcast all of its own. But make no mistake, Kenny Pickett is definitely on it. And that's who McShay believes, you know, would be the right guy for us. Now, in my opinion, as far as draftable guys go, so are uh, Matt Carell, Malik Owens, Sam Howell, Carson Strong, and Bailey Zapp. And, you know, I I view Bailey as more of a late round, maybe Jim. Maybe in case they, you know, maybe they get a veteran guy and let him and Taylor Heineke kind of go one, two. But Bailey could be a late round gem that could maybe be, you know, put in there as the third stringer. And let's see where it goes. The guy put up some serious numbers in college, but there are some question marks with him. Me personally, I think that Sam Howell in the early second would be a nice fit if this team decides to pick up one of the mid-tier free agents who will be out there. I'm just not completely sold on any of these guys being worth that 11th overall draft spot. And I really, really don't want them to reach for a guy who won't be the player we need in the long run, you know? I will say that if I'd want any of these guys in the first, it would be Pickett or maybe even Willis towards the bottom of the first if they traded back and he was still available. At any rate, this is what McShay said in his uh, ESPN Plus mock draft, the latest update that he put out. He says that number 11, Washington will pick Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pittsburgh. He goes on to say, Washington has a team name and now it needs a quarterback. Perhaps the commanders trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Perhaps they get into the Jameis Winston mix in free agency. But if nothing comes along on those fronts, they'd be happy to have the entire quarterback class available to them at number 11. I personally have Liberty's Malik Willis slightly ahead of Pickett. But the pit signal caller is more NFL ready and is and it's more likely he's the first quarterback off the board in April. Pickett reads the field well, has good touch and timing on his throws, and shows sneaky pocket mobility. I'd be intrigued to see a competition between him and Taylor Heineke in camp. And if Heineke wins the job, he can keep the seat warm while Pickett gets acclimated to the NFL. 
Now, while I don't agree with McShea 100% here, I will say that if they had to go with Heineke, we at least know he can run the offense and knows the playbook until one of these guys is ready. I do believe there's a whole lot of upgrade potential um, all over the place when it comes to just arm strength alone. That's you know that's something that you can't teach Taylor Heineke, and he's he's not going to just wake up with you know, and, and and that's that's actually a little bit sad because he probably has the heart of of whatever you know a, a winner could go or be in this entire league, but he just doesn't have the arm strength. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm not convinced that Heineke is the NFL starter. I like him as the backup. Don't get me wrong. I I like him. I have faith in him as the backup. But we need an upgrade at that position otherwise. You know, they're they're never going to be a top-tier team unless they have a top-tier quarterback to guide things. I would probably feel safer if they brought in someone else during free agency you know, and then all three of them could compete for the starting job. And the list of possible free agent quarterbacks available could grow, you know, I don't know how big as we get closer to free agency. It depends on where these teams are, are looking to head in. But right now, the list kind of looks like this. Marcus Mariota's on there. Uh, possibly Carson Wentz. You know, the Colts have made some comments to sound like they might be ready to move on from him after – you know, one season and getting fleeced by the Eagles for draft picks. But anyway, Jameis Winston is also on that list. So is Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo could end up on that list. You know, everybody's always talking about players with one year left on their contract and how, you know, they always talk about it when Washington's got a player with one year left on his contract. They're like, oh, well, they have, you know, no ability to trade them. Everybody knows they're going to trade. He's going to be a free agent. They're not going to get nothing for him. But of course, when Washington's looking to acquire someone, they say, oh, well, Washington's going to have to give up two number ones to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't believe that. I believe that nobody's going to go after this guy. He's got one year left on his contract. He's, you know, he's looking at thumb surgery and, you know, he, he couldn't, he couldn't get him over the hump as, as far as that goes, you know, and I think everybody notices that, you know, it's not something that people miss or it's not something that's wasted on everybody. They see it. So I don't think they're going to get a first round pick or two first round picks or whoever gives them that is dumb in my opinion, because I think San Francisco in the long run is going to release Garoppolo. And the last person on that list is Teddy Bridgewater. Now off of that list, I like Mariota and Winston the most. I know uh, people, you know, had their opinions about Jameis Winston, but he looked decent last year before getting injured, you know, despite the Saints having basically zero weapons to talk about at the beginning of the year, you know, and don't beat me up too much on that one. You know, I, I realize, you know, he, everybody always thinks about Tampa, you know, and it, where he was there and it always brings back bad memories or maybe they think about when he played to Florida state. But he had eye issues then, things that have been corrected. And, um, you know, he also spent some time behind Drew Brees, a future Hall of Famer. It is possible he could have improved, you know. Um, And and I'd be willing to maybe kick the tires on Trubisky and maybe Garoppolo if those contracts are one-year prove-its. You know, I'm like I already said, I'm 100% against trading for Garoppolo. You know, I, I just don't see him worth giving up draft capital and, you know, he'll be coming off that thumb surgery, you know. And, and folks need to realize that Kyle Shanahan got every single drop out of Jimmy Garoppolo in his system. And he still wasn't enough to get them a ring. This franchise should not be in the business of giving up draft capital for someone who will never be the answer in the long run. But moving right along. So 
there's been some stuff to talk about in terms of a new stadium here lately. Uh, Virginia, at least on paper, has taken the lead as the most likely to get the team. Now, D.C.'s mayor, Mario Bowser, I think is her name, she wants them back at RFK, you know, at the RFK site. But she's also been very adamant about the team paying for everything. And she said, and I quote, we would prepare the land. The team would have to fund and build their own stadium. We're not saying we're going to, to have exactly what's there now, a stadium surrounded by asphalt, because we need housing. There's over 100 acres there, so that can happen at that stadium. Now, there are also some obstacles that you know the city of D.C. is still going through as well including the fact that the land is still owned by the federal government. But quoting Bowser again, for seven years, we've been working to get control of the land. The current situation is unacceptable, and that is a stadium that is falling down and asphalt surrounding it that's not being used for anything. Close quote. It would also appear that D.C. City Council might be against any type of land preparation for a stadium to be built eventually, even with you know, the Snyder's paying for it. Councilman Charles Allen tweeted recently, regardless of a name change, building an NFL stadium at the RFK site would be a bad idea for the taxpayers and for the residents. We can do so much better for housing, jobs, parks, and the Anacostia River. Now, meanwhile, the Virginia lawmakers are ready to use bonds to pay a portion of a new stadium over there in the state of Virginia that would likely be either in Loudoun or Prince William counties in Northern VA. Now, Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin said, and I quote, I do think we should expand the baseball commission to be a baseball and football and stadium commission. And we, of course, will always represent Virginian taxpayers. But I think we'd sure like to have a professional team in Virginia. I'm going to watch out for Virginia taxpayers' interests to make sure Virginia taxpayers' interests are well represented. So basically, in this plan, the legislation would allow up to, I believe they said a billion dollars in government bonds to be sold to help pay for the stadium. In effect, it would establish the Virginia Football Stadium Authority as an advisory board to oversee all the construction. Now, Virginia State Senator Richard Sasloff uh, says that the bill would allow for the bonds to be paid back through tax dollars generated by new development around the stadium, including entertainment, retail, and hotels. That newly generated revenue would, over a 30-year period, pay for the stadium. He also says that team owner Daniel Snyder would need to invest an additional $2 billion to complete the project and build the stadium's surrounding facilities. Sasslaw said, and I quote, the bill does not create a penny of debt backed by the Commonwealth. Before any of those bonds can be issued, the treasurer of the state has to certify that the state is not on the hook for any of the stadium bonds. Now, this bill, folks, has bipartisan support and would basically use tax revenue produced by the stadium once it's built. And for those that, have, that might be wondering, there's also been whispers that the allegations against Daniel Snyder will not play into their decision-making process. Now, I personally think that they should probably wait until things clear up a bit before issuing the bonds. But with midterm elections on the horizon, who knows how this thing might work out? Don't get me wrong. I'm all about returning to D.C. to play at that RFK site. But, you know, I have to stop and ask myself, 
if that's more because of the nostalgia of yesteryear and what was done at that stadium and less about what's best for the team at this point right now. If I'm calling it straight, I personally couldn't care less if Snyder has to foot the entire bill, whether it be $3 billion, $5 billion, I couldn't give a shit less. In the last few years, he's bought two estates worth over $45 million each. His pockets are not something I'm worried about. Maybe, you know, his wealth can finally go towards something meaningful. You know, we shall see. Well, that, that one will, will be a stay tuned kind of situation. But I think what these things do is put Maryland on the back burner of these discussions and actually kind of front and center on what they're going to do next as far as that's concerned. Because from what my understanding is, is Washington is also lobbying Maryland to see what their idea is and what they're going to do in the future, you know. But they've yet to respond with any new type of attempt to, you know, to keep the team in their state. But I am, however, expecting something out of them eventually. Whether or not, you know, Maryland is a Raven state now or not, the team still brings revenue to their system currently. As I've already said, we'll have to wait and see how this one works itself out. You know, now that the team name is changed, the team is a hot commodity among area officials in all three venues. And they all see dollar signs, which is probably what they should see at this point. I know that some people that are against the Snyders being the owners feel like you know that, that, that no state money should be used and uh in building a new stadium or, or whatnot and, and i can't say that i disagree or agree with them i, I just i want to see how this all works out and uh speaking of dollar signs the last thing i wanted to talk about was uh, something that was brought to my attention by one of my followers on twitter which by the way you can follow me at raider redskins i always follow back no matter who you are but uh, anyway, two longtime fans who were sickened with the team workplace situation and, and the mistreatment of women created a website designed to target sponsors of the football team. Now, the site is called BoycottDan.com, and they've already opened the eyes of a couple businesses. Um, you know, the site posts responses from the targeted sponsors and to date, I believe they had five places as of yesterday, I believe, that have responded, including Inova, USAA, Medliminal, State Farm Insurance, and Paisano's Pizza. Now, Medliminal, I'm not even sure if I'm, if I'm saying that right, but I apologize if I'm not, responded by saying they will not be sponsoring the team in 2022 after being disappointed by the handling of both facts and allegations. Um, Inovo said that they stopped being a sponsor during last season. You know, I don't know. I can't really remember hearing about that, but they said they're no longer a sponsor whatsoever. And the website also requests fans to tell corporate sponsors of the Washington Commanders to drop Dan or we drop you. And they invite fans to click on a corporate sponsor from a list that's provided. And then they relay readers to a drafted email that they could send to the company with their name included. The drafted email reads as follows. Dear CEO, board members, and media relations at parentheses corporation company, I am writing you to urge you to immediately sever any and all ties with Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders NFL team. Mr. Snyder has engaged in inappropriate and potentially illegal activities, including the sexual abuse and assault of former employees. Your, in parentheses, corporation slash company's continued association 
with Mr. Snyder and the commanders will force me, my family, and my friends to use, in parentheses, sponsor's biggest competitor, in parentheses, services or product instead. Now, in my opinion, the big takeaway from this is that, you know, targeting their sponsors might be tedious to the normal person. But in the long run, it will be hurtful uh, to the Snyder's pockets if they continue to lose the backing of their sponsors. Of course, one thing of note, none of this will matter much if the NFL doesn't press forward on its end. Uh, The upcoming midterm elections could hurt both the current situation and the oversight committee and any interest to investigate Snyder at all. That's because those currently in control could possibly lose control of that committee and the folks on the other side of the aisle are not all that interested in going after Snyder or the NFL for all that matters um, if it can be avoided. Basically, it's a heaping helping of BS at this point. You know, of course, we all know Congress is going to do as little as they possibly can unless someone is paying them extra on the side. And, you know, the NFL will likely follow whatever outcome that allows them to keep their tax-exempt status. It's a complete mess. I mean, what a mess, right? But uh, at any rate, that's 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 all I got for today, guys. Um, it'll be nice to see the day that we could actually finally get past some of this BS that Douchey McDoucheface brings to our organization by being the owner. At any rate, that's all I got for today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and make sure to subscribe over on YouTube as well. Y'all take it easy. Peace.